I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The best things happen after dark. Nightclubs are the ultimate spaces for self-expression, escape, music, socializing, and forgetting for a moment the outside world. Going out is a way to discover ourselves, who we really are, what we really like. We find new friends and fall in love on the dance floor. As humans, we like to move to a beat, and there's nothing like a good night out. I'm Jody Harsh. I'm a DJ and producer, and I've spent most of my life going out-out. I know how to tear up a dance floor, and in this podcast, I chat with my guests about how club culture and going out has helped shape their identities and inform their work. In season one, we were locked down, unable to partake in nocturnal activities, so we could only talk about our memories of nightlife. Now we're back out there, and I've got a truly amazing guest list for season two. So let's dive into those hazy memory banks and hit the floor. This is Life of the Party. Many of us were first introduced to today's guest as a young, bright thing, making a splash on our TVs as one of the new faces of British Olympic sports. Now a household name and national treasure, let's get chatting to the man who appears to have it all, including an Olympic gold medal. It's Tom Daly. Hello. Hello. So let's go right back to the beginning, first of all. You grew up in Plymouth. I did. What's your earliest memory of um, growing up there? I mean, growing up, I mean, I remember from... Well, that was where I got into diving in the first place. So from the age of three, I was swimming because we lived near the sea. Then by seven, I was diving and absolutely loved it. And, you know, Plymouth is quite a... It's quite a small town, yeah. you know? It, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big city, I guess you could say, for the southwest. But moving to London in 2014 was like a completely different yeah. vibe. Did you always want to live in London? Um, I remember wanting to live in London since I was like five. You know... Uh, <laughs> There were periods of time in my life where I was like, you know what, I want to move to London because there was more to do. And there were like felt like all of the opportunities and everything was happening in London. Yeah. And I'd find myself traveling back and forth a lot. But then all of my family, all of my friends were living in Plymouth. And, you know, I was having a fun time there. It's where I turned 18. It's where, you know, I was training for the Beijing Olympics, the 2012 Olympics, and where I kind of first experienced any kind of nightlife was mm. in Plymouth. What's your earliest memory of a party where they're like, Birthday parties or anything oh, like that. Oh, gosh. Um, there a big 18th? <laughs> no, it was a new year. Okay. That was my first experience of a party, um, which you know how it goes, the first new year party. You never too co- drunk. Yeah, it never goes very well. Threw up everywhere. <laughs> it never goes very well for anyone. Taylor's old as time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, Plymouth was one of those places where I... Well, I, it was the first place that I went out after I came out. It was the first place that I ever went to a gay bar. It was the first place that, and believe it or not, there was one, it's closed now. It used to be called Zeros, I think right. it was called. And I went to that gay bar the night before I released my YouTube video. Where you like, came out. Yeah, I was yeah, like, right. you know what? I'm going to go to a gay bar because, you know, tomorrow it's, yeah. it is what it is. How did it feel walking into that gay bar? Was it called Zeros? Zeros. How did it feel walking in? 
Um, were you nervous? I was terrified. Yeah. And it was also because I'd never really experienced anything queer in my life mm. because, you know, Plymouth isn't necessarily a town that has just, you know, gay people walking up and down. It's not really totally. how it works. Yeah. So I had never really been in a place where as soon as I walked in, there was like a seven foot drag queen and, you know, people dancing on podium. And I was just like, what? On, yeah. Like where and am I? Lived there all your life. Yeah, it was like I'd gone into like some kind of like portal and gone yeah. into a different world because yeah. I I just never ever experienced any kind of party that was remotely gay ever. Yeah, uh, and you know because most of my time I spent you know my time avoiding that because I was like oh like when you're growing up and you're kind of closeted and mm. some of your friends know but you don't want everyone to know. You feel like going into a gay bar, you're going to be like oh he's one of us totally. and like you get yeah. and so it was just this terrifying thing of having to experience coming out and figuring out who I was in the public eye but yeah, yeah it was it was a fun did you manage to relax and have a good night that night when you first went to a gay bar you or know, were I you think just I was, on edge I think I was on edge I was yeah. there for I was there for maybe an hour yeah. and it wasn't like a, an experience that I it was just one of those things that I wanted to be able to do it I just wanted to go in do it and just be say that I'd been to a gay bar yeah um, but then after coming out and then going to London and then experiencing what real queer nightlife was, yeah. was just absolutely, I mean, it's a lot more lively in London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine you were diving from a really early, early age, right? Yeah. When did you start sort of training? So, yeah, I was seven, which I think was back in like 2001 yeah. was when I first started diving. Yeah. So and... health and fitness has always been oh, an yeah. essential thing. So you could never really misbehave too much or whatever. No. You always had to discipline, I, essentially. As yeah, well. like my whole like upbringing and me being a diver, from the age of seven, I was diving and I was doing yeah. all, you know, training. Well, it started off just once a week for an hour and then it started to become like twice a week and then three times. And then before I knew it, I was training six days a week for about six hours a day. Wow. Having to try and fit in school in and around that. And it was just like this really intense thing. So on the weekends, when my friends would invite me to parties, I would like never be able to go mm. because I would have training the next day or I would need to be sleeping or catching up with my schoolwork. So in that sense, I had like quite a sheltered mm. upbringing with the, the party side of things. And do you feel like you missed out a lot and made up yeah. for it later? Or do you feel... Because you've obviously taken diving and your career so seriously, you've always had to yeah. since a very young age. Do you feel like you missed out? Yeah, I mean, there's certain things, of course, I feel like I missed out because loads of my friends were going out and partying on the weekends or mm. during the week sometimes, yeah. and I'd have to be training. And then I, but at the same time, I then got to go and travel and see the world. I got to meet some amazing people, all of these opportunities. So I don't feel like when I look back at it, I don't ever feel bitter about the fact that I didn't go to these parties. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And I think it's for me, it was always about finding that balance. And I never, I, I really struggled when I was diving to find the balance between being able to enjoy myself and have fun, but then feel guilty about the fact that I went out and I could have had an extra three hours of sleep. Yeah. Because normally I'm in bed by past nine, 10 right. o'clock. Like I'm not someone that stays up late. So going out and staying out past midnight for me was like, it better be worth it because I'm, I'm meant to be sleeping. I'm meant mm. to be actually recovering. So again, all the time going through the Olympics and going through all of my training, I had to stay away from that kind of nightlife. And then I have like a period of the year where I have like six weeks, well, between four and six weeks off where I can, you know, go and be a little bit more normal yeah, and yeah. experience those See things. your friends go out, yeah, have a dance. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then since the Olympics last year, like I've taken a year out of diving. So for me, it's like a, it's been this opportunity of, of feeling like normal and mm -hmm. being able to go like, oh, maybe I can go out this yeah. weekend or people can come over for dinner and mm. yeah, I'll have a couple of glasses of Prosecco. Yeah. Like it was yeah. like this weird thing. Like I'd never 
experience before because like allowing yourself yeah. to like oh let's unwind and just be unwind. like yeah. feel like normal yeah, yeah yeah totally let's go back to coming out as well um you came out on youtube didn't you yes i did yeah um did nearly it, nine years ago now wow yeah did it feel like a big relief how did that how did it feel oh, when huge. you when you press send on that youtube video yeah i mean i used to go like i met my now husband lance back in march 2013 and I remember like telling some of my closest friends and my family and like, a, like quite a big group of my closest people knew. But I still found myself going out for dinner with Lance with my best friend Sophie as like the third wheel as someone like it was so it didn't appear to other people like a date. So did you feel like you were hiding? Yeah, I felt I just felt like I was, especially with my management at the time, were kind of telling me don't come out and don't, you know, be careful where, where you're seen with Lance because he's an LGBT activist and people might think you're gay. And I, But little did they know that I was and mm. he was my boyfriend. And then it was this thing of then my dad had passed away the, you know, a couple of years before. And then, so then I was worrying about losing sponsorship and losing deals. So then how am I going to support my family? And it became this thing of not just experimenting with who I was as a person, but it had like major life consequences totally. as well. And just nine years ago, that's not that long ago, but no. I feel like the story would be slightly different now. Yeah. Do you feel? I don't, oh yeah, I think now there are, well, even just taking the Olympics last year, for example, there are more out LGBT athletes in those Olympics alone than all of the previous combined. Right. So okay. now coming out as an athlete is you know, it's still super important to, you know, have visible out athletes. Totally. And but, be a role model. On yeah, the yeah. But at the same time, it's like the, back then there wasn't really anyone that had come out in the sporting field that was still at the top of their game. It was either towards the end of their career or once yeah. they'd retired. And I was still very much not even at my peak yet. Like right. I was still up on the up and up. And did you feel like you could lose it all? I mean, I was told I would by right. a manager at the time. I was told right. it was going to, I was going to lose my fan base. I was going to lose sponsorship. People wouldn't want to come and watch me dive. I could be in danger when I traveled to competitions. Right. So it became this like really like, oh my gosh. Right. And, and it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I kept being asking, like asked questions. Do you have a girlfriend? To which I'd say no. You know, I mean, it wasn't lying, but nobody ever really asked me directly if I was gay. But people were digging around. But people were digging yeah. around the subject and it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? This stress and this anxiety of being found out and being outed and being caught was was got to a point where it was like too much. So I was like, mm. you know what? I, this Then it became the idea of like, what do I do to come out? Do I do a TV show? Do I do a, you know, an interview with a newspaper? Whatever it is. Or do I do what I've done my whole life and just go onto social media, YouTube at the mm. time, and just be like, you know what? Here's a the situation. There is, I was able to say exactly what I wanted to say, nothing more, nothing less. Nobody had any follow-up questions because yeah. they couldn't. Yeah. And I just said exactly what I was ready to say at that time. Just told the truth. Yeah. I was just, yeah. you know, it's not a long video. It's like, yeah. I don't even think it's like three minutes. Yeah, I right. was just able just to say what I wanted to say. That was that. And I was able yeah. to then... I think that feeling of being caught as well was a thing that so many of mm. us have experienced before we come out as well. Obviously, you you just did you felt like that with a much bigger platform. Like I mm. remember feeling like I was going to be caught by my parents or whatever, or found out. Yeah. You did it. You were in the public eye at that stage. That's yeah. such a from the age of like. I mean, I first started doing documentaries at the BBC when I was like nine or ten years old, like really? in the dreams, and then I won Young Sports Personality when I was twelve, and then by the time I was. 13 I qualified for the Olympics so right. I was just it was constantly being asked these questions and it was you know growing up and going to school alone is mm. 
challenging and then to add in all of the pressures of competition and international Mm. and then being put into the public eye it becomes and then knowing that you're gay yeah (laughs) and then knowing that you're like and then and it's just like oh my gosh And, and there wasn't the funny thing is like i hadn't really heard the word gay until i went to secondary school so i assumed that everybody felt the same with boys girl like it, yeah. like i didn't really see what the difference was and then all of a sudden you hear the word gay being used in a derogatory term when on you go the, to school i remember it being on the radio as well and stuff i remember on, yeah. like they'd sort of say gay meaning rubbish yeah like oh so. don't like don't be gay, gay. or like oh that's oh, so gay, gay. Yeah. Do that. yeah it kind of made, meant like oh that's oh stupid gosh. or that's rubbish or that's crap you know yeah totally whereas now it's obviously people i mean i and again i don't think people were meaning it in like a homophobic way. No, it was but just... But it was... The, the, the use of the word... Was, is, had negative connotations. Yeah, it does have yeah, negative yeah, connotations. Yeah. Okay, so you're away at the Olympics. Yes. Um, I'm assuming... Tra- I mean, your body's a temple, right? Tell us about that. Oh, I mean, gosh. You know, the discipline <laughs> still is I like... mean, it's like six hours a day, six days a week when I'm in my full training mode. That is so much of a commitment. It's, it's a lot. A lot of a commitment. And I have to make sure that I'm eating the right things in the morning, uh, waking up at the right times, drinking the right amount of things, yeah. recovery around my training sessions with food and yeah. nutrition. And then, you know, training again in the afternoon and then having to time dropping Robbie off at nursery, my son, and then picking him up from nursery on the way back, then cooking dinners. And so it was really it was really intense um, to do that. But at the same time, you have to like those are the sacrifices that you have to make in order to be the best in a sporting field. Um, And it was interesting because I found myself in the build up to 2016, which I thought was going to be my most successful Olympics. I, two years before, I banned myself. Literally, I basically banned myself from having any, doing anything fun. Right. I, like, it wasn't even just, I mean, I stopped drinking for two years and it wasn't that that was the thing. It was that I wouldn't even allow myself to go out Mm -hmm. and lose sleep. And I wouldn't allow myself to go, like, if my friends were going to a bar or going bowling or going out after nine, I was like, no, I can't, I've got to be home by nine. And is that because you just had laser focus and goals to achieve? Yeah, it was like uh, laser focus, goals to achieve. And I didn't want to stand on that board and have any regrets. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to regret a thing. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be like, I did every single thing in my power Mm -hmm. to get there and be the best that I could be on that Mm -hmm. day. But what I then learned after having a kid was like, actually the most important thing is that you are happy because when you're happy and you find that balance of life and work, you are able to then not, you have something to escape to because Mm. it felt like every single waking moment was work. And a slight shift in priorities as well. Yeah. Of course, training is still important and all those sort of things, but it's not the only thing. Yeah. Like my son becomes my most important thing in my world. And when that happens, it's just, it, it just gave me this whole different perspective and, going into the Olympics uh, last year, it was like, I was able to just stand on the diving board and be like, you know what, no matter what happens, Mm. good or bad, I'm going to go home and my son and my husband are going to love me regardless. And and so it then takes that pressure off and you're like, you know what, I can just go out there and enjoy it. Because in the previous Olympics, I literally tortured myself through the whole experience because you try so hard and you want it to happen so badly. Then all of a sudden... Achievement's the only thing. Yeah, like you go in there wanting to win a gold medal. Yeah. And I mean, it took me 20 years of diving to yeah. finally win one. Yeah. So it was just like a, yeah, it's, it's a long haul and it's, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. But for me, it's been totally worth it. Mm-hmm. And now I, it's, it's like one of those things that there'll be a time when I stop diving and it'll be like, oh, I get to start a new life. Like, and it'll be completely different to yeah. anything I've ever known. Yeah. I want to rewind again to something that I think looked like a major party to be at. You were at yes. the... London 2012 
opening ceremony, right? Yes. Tell us about that because I have FOMO around that. See, the the opening ceremony was really fun, but at the same time, like, because you just walk in and there's like 80,000 people and you announce it's like the host country and you walk and it's amazing. Yeah. But the best thing, and but when you're there for the opening ceremony, it's very visual and actually what we get end up having to do is we get loaded into like an arena out the back and we don't get to see anything until we get oh, marched out because and it's got, right like, at the end we've got the suit like kate moss is doing a, a, yeah. the spice girls are on taxi you don't see, see that was that. the closing ceremony and at the closing oh, it and, and that was the, and that was the party because that was when all the athletes go in at the very beginning and they're just involved in the whole so that was and then really it's back cool. early to bed yeah. so tell us about the <laughs> well, closing ceremony yeah, the closing <laughs> the closing ceremony was the athletes my research going. is great <laughs> no 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 but it's the thing is it is cool to be involved in both the opening and closing yeah. but the closing has a completely different vibe okay, everybody's so done okay. everybody's over so it's a party so that becomes a party and yeah. you have like people and it's what's fun about it is that you go there and you have this like closing ceremony experience and London was the only one that's ever done it like this because it was like a concert of all of the British greats. It was insane. And it was so much fun. Um, but then once you get back, all the different countries of all the different blocks put on parties at the bottom of their buildings. So like they've got like, you know, some people have like beer pong stuff set out. And oh, like just in got the like houses dri- where you yeah, stay? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So at the bottom, so it was all outside. So it was like a village of house parties. Yeah, it was just, and you could go from like party to party. You can like party hut. Yeah. Country they're to all, country. They're, so they're all in these like blocks really close together and they were just all had set up parties with like different, and what was really cool is that you could go from like, you know, hearing, you know, pop music yeah. to then you go to like hear reggaeton you hear like rap you hear yeah. like there's you go through all of these different it's so major yeah it's so fun did you skip around different places oh yeah yeah, yeah. So it was amazing. it was so, it was so fun it was like that it was the yeah like going back now like again it's just one of those things that that's the thing that i'll miss about sport is the and I think that's the best thing about sport is that you get to be so social and you get mm. to meet so many amazing people. The sense of community. Yeah, it's a real sense of community and understanding mm-hmm. of what it's taken to get there. Yeah. And because it's very, it's very rare that you have, so, well, there's 10,000 people in the village. It's very rare you get a situation where you have 10,000 people all living in the same place and in like, you know, shut off from the rest of the world, working towards that one goal of doing the best that they can at the Olympics. Mm. And then everybody finishes at the same time. Mm. And everybody's like, we're going to celebrate this moment because we've been working for this for four years. Is there a feeling of rivalry? Because um, you obviously, everyone no. there wants to win, so there's not. No, not really. Especially when it's all said and done. Well, in a sport like diving, it's so individual. Right. Like, what I do doesn't affect anyone else. Right. But, like, if in a sport like tennis, I guess, like, if you hit a ball in a certain way, they have to react. Whereas in diving, each dive is judged individually. Got it. So you just yeah. have to be the best on the day. Yeah. And if you were to do the competition on each different day, it would be a completely different outcome as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, so when you get back from the Olympics and you've won a load of medals, how do you celebrate? Oh, gosh. Honestly, for me, it used to be food. Like I used to just go home and just have a big cheesecake and ice cream. Finally have like, a cake. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> just like my thing. I was just like, just binge eat, basically. Yeah. Um, but no, like I always now, <clears throat> one of the things that I learned to do when I go into a major competition is I plan a fun dinner and night for when I get back. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when, you know, going into the Olympics, I'd already planned to go 
on the Friday after I got, so I got back on the Monday or something like that, and I knew I was wasn't going to make all my friends go out on the middle of the week. And yeah, you, you came know. to my club, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the first <laughs> night out I had after the Olympics was we went to Bob Bob Rick after dinner. Oh yeah, a group very of sixteen nice. of us. Where there's fabulous. the champagne buttons. Yeah. yeah, we were we were having a. We had the little room at the back, and oh my gosh, we shouldn't we shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have been. It was it, we should not have been allowed in. We went we <laughs> went barred. quite we went quite classy. We were like, you know what? We went for cocktails at Claridge's before, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna plan this night so that it is like I could, and it was something I did so that I could look forward to it. Yeah. Like going into and it was like no matter how I did, I was like, you know what? I've got that night. It'll be fine. Totally, It'll be fine. Yeah. So we went for cocktails at Claridge's for dinner at Bob Bob Rickard, and then. That was when we came to feel it for the first time. My crazy time. gay club. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was so much fun. Like and having that planned in just made it so that it was like I always had something to look forward to, yeah. no matter what the outcome was. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it yeah. lived up to expectations. It was yeah. great. Felt awful the next day. Yeah, I can yeah, you get a bad hangover. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I, especially as an athlete, you yeah. go from like being so hydrated all the time so then yeah it's, it's, it's oh, not do, you good. Effect, do you think you get a worse hangover yeah, I, an athlete? I, I don't know i feel like some people will say oh yeah but you're healthier and you bounce back quicker i'm just like you're when you're used to waking up feeling relatively fresh every yeah. single day it's like it's you feel night it. and day yeah, yeah yeah and so you're not doing as much sport right now right no no but you're still like working out and stuff so where's your sort of balance between going out having fun having dinners you know whatever and um treating your body like an absolute temple see i th oh, there has to be a balance yes I love, that is life isn't it there's a balance in life like i really enjoy food i have i have to try and tell myself that i'm not training six hours a day six days a week anymore mm. and that i can't eat as much mm. as i was um but you know i love to go and work out i mean we work out we together do. We do barry's boot yeah. camp now we and love again, it don't we? Yeah. um so being able to do that i mean working out makes me feel good mm. you know it's endorphins for everyone to be able to like get involved in that but then you know the, I, I prefer to go out for an occasion mm -hmm. rather than you know just going out for the sake of it totally yeah like so, a birthday or something yeah like yeah. a birthday yeah. or my mum's in town yeah or, we're gonna talk about your mum yeah, yeah so like there's there's always that there is like uh, yeah, that's what I like is that yeah. going out for an occasion rather than just for the sake of it to make it feel special yeah can you remember your favourite night out ever like is there anything that like on holiday or is there like a really special like birthday night or celebration Gosh. night or something you know honestly that night after the Olympics my first night out yeah. and doing that whole thing that we just talked about yeah. I kept, I, on because I was it felt also because it was the first time post-covid yeah, that i'd gone out so it'd been two years of not doing anything yeah. plus it was all of the build-up to the olympics so i was even more sheltered yeah and then it was like this coming home and just being like let's do it yeah and i it remember like, being wow. sat behind the dj booth and you're like just living front and life. center oh. literally just like... honestly it was like the best night and then all my friends like stayed out as well like yeah. so it was yeah it was yeah. best um i saw you were at bat mitzvah the other yes. week as well so how was that it's, that uh... was absolutely amazing i've I... never been so what I'd never it? been. Is like Jewish? Yeah, so my friend Nikki, who's a Jewish guy, yeah. said we've there's this party that happens, like, I've, I think it happens quite often throughout yeah, the year. Yeah, a few times a year. A few yeah. times a year. And he invited me and was like, we have to go to this party. It's so much fun. So Ian McKellen went yeah. to the last I one. I saw a picture of you, yeah. And then and it was like, oh, he might be going again. And so then it was like, I was like, well, am I allowed to go? Is this like, is this something that I can go to? Because right. you, you just, you know. Totally. 
and it's sort of themed around yeah so it's themed around a bar bar mitzvah mitzvah. so it's a bar mitzvah of you know the girl on TikTok that calls like Anne Summers pretending to be a 92 year old woman no have you not seen her no I haven't no she's hilarious (laughs) she calls her like saying she's got dildo stuff stuck up her you know oh okay it just sounds could be any of my friends (laughs) but she pretends to be this 92 year old woman (laughs) doing this but anyway what happened she was playing the girl and then oh, okay. so she was playing a 12 so year old girl yeah she was okay. playing a 12 year old girl and then there was um a drag queen mum okay and then a dad do we know who the drag queen was no no, no you don't have to no That's t- totally fine no uh, but it was like it was it was actually quite it was actually quite fun so they did like like musical numbers so it was like there was like a stage so it was like theatery slash you know like it was just like this it was designed as a queer night yeah but it was the most like inclusive of everything, anyone, everything, yeah. all shapes, sizes. It was, it was just like wow. Yeah, and it it's a, a it's really... a club night, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, a club, huge night. club night. Yeah, it's a huge club night. And I want to go. Yeah. It sounds really. It so sounds it was like fun. doing like you know high kicks with um, Serena McKellen and Love. just like it was it was so was fun. A... How old is he now? He's like. I don't He's know. Must be on his way to being maybe mid eighties. I'm not I sure. He is. He was. He was. Yeah. He was oh, having a great him. time. He's so fabulous. Yeah. Isn't he? He's yeah. great. He likes party. He likes to like. He likes a dance floor. Yeah. He does. He was. He was on there all night. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Front and centre, like me. At- <laughs> oh, I love. <laughs> yeah. It was oh great. my god. Gold Gandalf. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like epic. <laughs> um, you're also an amazing host. Oh. I've been to dinner parties at your yes. house. So you throw dinner parties at home with your husband, Lance. Yeah. And um, I've been to loads of them. So tell us about them. How do you how do you put together these fabulous yeah. evenings that you so, like to Like, do? the thing is, I, uh, we used to do it every week. We would have a dinner. We used to call it Monday Night Dinner yeah. Club, where we would have between 12 and 16 people. There'd be some people that would come every week, like my closest friends, yeah. like six of us. Yeah. And then every week we'd have different people coming so if people are coming in to visit for town or because for me especially when i was training it's really hard to like there's so many people you want to go and have dinner with and see but being able to give like a night to six different people it was easier to be like just come to monday night dinner club we'll cook we'll do a starter main you know some people can bring desserts whatever and it was i just love i love cooking so and i love hosting and we host dinner clubs i want to start getting into them more regularly but yeah bringing it bring things it have been back. crazy yeah um but and also we always do like a new year party like yeah. that's something that we always Which i to don't do. think i've ever been to you're I've always been... working yeah i'm always this is my busy night i know it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a busy <laughs> night isn't it? it's a busy night um so with your dinner parties you kind of curate a group of people don't you and has it have anyone have you like matched people together has anyone become <gasps> lovers, lovers or um, anything like that no oh, quite often you get that can you invite someone that you have for me a single, like can you like yeah, yeah i'm exactly. on the hunt for yeah. a partner yeah but it's never it's, it's one of those things it's so especially like if i invite you know certain gays yeah like you don't, never know who's talking to who and who's not and who's in trouble with who totally. so it's like really quite like oh my god like on, sometimes on... like i'll invite two people and i don't know and then all of a sudden like one time <laughs> i invited <laughs> one of my friends uh, came and then another couple came and it turns out she had lost her virginity to him and then the girlfriend didn't uh, it was like one of those like Walked Intense, in and was like, like, what are you doing here? Ru- like, like ruin their night. Yeah, no, I, no, I think they were all fine. It was all good, but it was like, I'm like, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I didn't know you knew each other. It's... And even like doing like seating plans is a, mm. is like is a skill. Yeah, you always do a seating plan. I always, do, you? I always, I always have my name on a little because it's always it's one of those things when you if you do a 
if you don't do a seating plan and you've got 16 people to sit around a table, yeah. nobody sits down or knows where to sit and then it becomes a bit awkward and like, oh, I'll just fill in this oh, gap here. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. if that's like taken out of it and you just yeah. have to you know I mean, sit where you're told. It's yeah, like, absolutely. It just yeah. makes it no like... No moving oh, okay. around. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, we always have like a little bit of a mingling moment before and then we have dinner and yeah. then bit of mingle after and your mum's often out with you too oh my mum I love yeah. your mum she's great she likes a little dance she likes a night out she does my mum loves a little bit my mum loves a good time she's you know she's like you know quite young she's 51 yeah so really she's um, she ever since I turned 18 she would come out with me or come yeah. for dinners I mean yeah. we go drag brunch together absolutely yeah um, she have a very special relationship with you yeah my yeah. mum's great my yeah. mum's absolutely awesome and she's been so supportive of me with my diving and with you know with everything mm. so and it's nice that she's always up for a good time as well like yeah. she's always up for some fun which good is time yeah. yeah yeah um you also have a very lovely husband I do as well I do um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, did you, um, were you very involved in organising the wedding? Was there a fabulous party? I was, yeah. So it, I met Lance in March 2013. We got married. We're actually coming up for our fifth wedding anniversary oh. in, on May 6th. Oh. We, uh, it's going to be five years. Um, but yeah, it was one of those uh, things that initially we had a planner and then that didn't work out. So then we started doing it on our own. You're such found, a control freak. I am, I am, <laughs> really? I am. But then I, so we found the venue. It was actually my mum who said, what, have you looked at Bovey Castle? And I was like, no, I don't know what that is. And anyway, it's this like castle that has like this, um, had like an outdoor area to get married. It had like the ballroom and then like dinner. Like, and it was just basically a castle in the middle of Dartmoor uh, near Exeter. Amazing. And we had 125 people Perfect. come. And yeah. Everybody stayed for the weekend, Friday. Yeah. So we hired out the Friday and Saturday night. People came and stayed, came from like America, came from like all different places. And we got married. It was my mum started off the day, like at breakfast at nine o'clock. I was down there eating. My mum was like, have you not had any champagne yet, Tom? And I was like, mum, this is like, I've got, I've got a last all day yeah. here. Oh, I love um, your mum. Yeah, my mum my was like, yeah, but it's your wedding day. You've got to have a glass of bubbles with your breakfast. Aww. So what I ended up, what we ended up doing, we had breakfast. We, Lance and I stayed in separate rooms the night before um, and then got married at like two when we had dinner and then it was party time yeah. and we had this like checkerboard floor very similar to this. Yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just, it was just so much fun like it's, it's so rare that you get to have all your like you know so many close people to you in one room yeah and it's only really at a wedding that you get to do totally, that like, even yeah. at birthdays people are like oh i'm not gonna travel for a birthday but for a wedding people yeah. like did you have a stag do 
I didn't because I was tra- I was training all the way up through to I had the World Series the weekend before our wedding in Canada. And then I got married the weekend after. So there was no time in that. Like, again, it's one of those things that I had to sacrifice. Yeah, it. Yeah. Lance didn't have one either because okay. he was uh, working. And it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? We'll just we'll just have the wedding. Yeah. And it, it kind of the wedding turned into the stag do. It's right. just as raucous, to be honest. <laughs> so. <laughs> now, another thing that I've got FOMO about, other than the um, Olympics closing ceremony, yes. is... You've been to the Met Ball. I have. And now that's like, that's top of my list. Yeah. That's something I really want to go to. So, ultimate party, MV. Yes. Can you talk us through that night? You've been oh, just gosh. once, right? Yeah, I've just yeah. been once. Was I it w- the year that they did camp? Or was it? No, it was a something about American lexicon of American something. Okay. I, I don't know. It was okay. quite, an, it was a weird, inter- like it was a hard one to like, figure out what to, yeah. to do. And you went with Moschino. Moschino, yeah. Yeah, so Jeremy, so, yeah I went okay. with Jeremy. Which was, so essentially, I had no idea what was going to happen. And yeah. then lots of the people on the table I was at had already been before. Right. And I was just like, you know, when you go to something like that, it's like, oh my gosh, like, where do you even start? Where do you even look? It's the one, th- one event that you don't get any plus ones. You don't get anyone to... You know, usually when you walk in a red carpet, because it is so awkward, it's sometimes yeah. nice to have a publicist to be like, oh, let's move a look to here, or like, go over here. You can't and even go have in. That. No one. <gasps> No one. Wow. So you walk into, you go onto the pink carpet. Yeah. And you're just waiting in a really long line, essentially. You've dropped off. The world's most famous people. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. And you're just like, (laughs) and it's like when you're lining up, you're thinking, oh my gosh, everyone has to line up. There's like no. Who's in the, the line? Like, it was like, like a, a Rihanna. Yeah, a, well, like, Rihanna turned up really late, didn't right. she? Oh, of but, yeah, but so you've got a Hadid and you've got a... Yeah, whatever, yeah you know, exactly. Whatever, yeah. It's everywhere. So yeah. when you walk... So you do the red carpet or the yeah. pink carpet. How long are you on the, red, or the pink carpet for? So the line is probably like 45 minutes wow. sometimes. I mean, I think, we're, I think it took us half an hour to get to the right. front of the queue. And then we like did some photos of all of us together as like a like Team Moschino, if you yeah. like, and then yeah. walked up and did individual photos. And you're probably... They tried to move you through quite quickly because there's lots of people coming yeah. through. So I imagine it was like 15 minutes. Okay, still quite a long still time quite to a long be time. Like, yeah, in front of there's a, a lot million of step. cameras. Yeah, it's and... a lot. But then when you go in, you're welcomed then by the hosts. So you're welcomed by... I, I was welcomed by Anna Wintour. Yeah. We talked about knitting. It was like really... Fabulous. Yeah, it was That's crazy. like an audience with a queen meet. I, yeah, I exactly. recently and I was just like, Yeah, it's a wow, lot. When you meet, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Anna Wintour. so iconic. Yeah. yeah. And and then Tom Ford was also there. Oh, Timothy nice. Chalamet. Nice. Uh, Naomi Osaka. Nice. Um, so those are the people that welcome you in. And so there's an hour or so of welcome drinks where you're just like mingling is that when you mingle around the exhibition so no that's before the exhibition so you're just all in this area where you're i got taken away to do something with vogue which was like a knitting thing of me on a roof or something like some content like content thing for the (laughs) met or whatever anyway so when i came back down i was kind of grateful for that because it was you go into that room and you're on your own and you just have to go and you know you just talk Talk to to the world's most famous people i'll be like how do you talk to someone yeah Blake Lively came up to me and said about my knitting. I was like, what? I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, is it like a, a fever dream? Yeah, it was just, it's just like everywhere you looked, it was like this just insanity. How many people? Like just a few hundred or something? Uh, I think it's... 500. Uh, yeah, 500 maybe. Yeah. It's quite, it was quite a big, big group. So then yeah. when you go, then they call you to dinner and then that's when you can walk through the exhibition and then the exhibition's open all, okay. you know, all day or all evening. So then you go and sit down at your table. They bring you your food. And um, once you're having food, you know. What do you just, eat? I want every detail, it was, by the way. So uh, all vegan. So right. vegan, just like a, a a vegan dinner of like lots of just things that were just like brought to the table and kind of like 
plated up for you and things like that. Okay. So it's quite um, Ca- yeah. semi casual. Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite casual. A in bit the like your own buffet thing. on the table. Yeah. In the middle of the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, they but they would like come a around carvery. and ask you what you wanted. A vegan carvery. So it didn't actually stay there. It was like they would bring it to you and like uh, put it on your plate for okay. you. But, but so that happened, and then what? So they then all the hosts go up on stage and like announce it and be like oh this is great yeah we're having a fun time like <laughs> yeah. enjoy then we so you have your dinner and then after dinner they do a performance so they do a performance that isn't like a famous person just like okay. a, like a, lots of like amazing performers and then they have a surprise performer each year and this year it was or last year it was justin bieber oh wow. but he wore a full balaclava and you could only see his eyes oh and then he started singing uh um did he take it off no oh yeah but Anna wasn't very happy with that. <laughs> but, I'd be a bit but pissed what, off what, if you were like, vote. Well, but what ended up happening was he started singing a Shawn Mendes song. And then Shawn Mendes was, absolutely loved it. Oh, okay. Okay, like, like <laughs> came, came to the front of the thing and was like, everyone was still sitting down and he was just up having right. a That sounds very time. random. It was quite random. And then like you just, it was, yeah, it was all very odd. And then there was this whole bathroom <laughs> moment when I um, went to the bathroom on the way out yeah. with... Troy Savan because he was one of the only people I knew before going there. I was okay, like, okay, yeah. let's you know, let's leave together so we know wh- where we're going. Yeah. Anyway, so go to the bathroom. He was wearing a dress, right? Yeah. So he needed to pee, and then Rihanna was randomly in the men's toilet by the door, like, and I don't know why. But yeah. Well, anyway, Rihanna often does stuff like that. Yeah, so, that so we end up going into the toilet, and then <laughs> she was cruising. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Rihanna goes. You need to take a photo. I was like, okay, well, I'll take a photo. Oh, like, there's a camera ban at the Met, right? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the toilet, people, that's where people have their phones. So anyway, so then I'm taking a picture of Troy having a wee in the urinal with his dress, pulling his dress up. Yeah. And then as I'm taking this photo of Troy having a wee, Shawn Mendes walks in. I was like, what on earth is going on in here? And it was like, I, I walked out of that room and I was just like, I don't even know what my life is right now. <laughs> it was like this, it was the most surreal night. And then afterwards, you know, that, it does finish quite early, like maybe yeah. about half 10, 11. Oh, really early doors. And then, and then after parties. Then it's all right. after parties. So where do you go? Because there are loads of after parties around town, aren't there? Yeah. So, you know, the, everybody is like hosting a different party and you yeah. don't really know where you're going to end up. But we went yeah. to Boom Boom Room. Which is the I one up on like the top of, of at the Standard Hotel. Yeah, yeah, and so so and that was really fun, and we hung out there for a little bit, and then Rihanna had a part. I can't remember the name of the club, but that's where we ended up going okay. after that. Boom Boom Room is that where there, Madonna was there and all that <laughs> kind of stuff? I think. I, it was like again, it's like those stuff. crazy things, and it's like big, so you end up like not really knowing who's. But the view there was amazing. Right, right, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've DJed there actually. Oh, look at you. Um. What other? What's, is there another like bonkers showbiz party that stands out to you? Because that's pr- that's pretty up there. I the mean, Met doesn't. It doesn't really get any better than the Met Ball. Yeah, Met Gala was kind yeah. of the the thing. Is I it went... the Met Gala or the Met Ball? I think it's the Met. Met Gala. Maybe is its official name. I don't know. Anyway, the Met. The Met. Okay. Yeah, that's the Met. Yeah. Uh, but I, no, I think that's kind of like the. I mean, that's the be-all and end-all of, totally. like, those yeah. kind of parties. That's, like, the ultimate goal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's so, but it is so weird what happens when people walk in as well, that it's, like, people people change, people take stuff off, people... So it's, like, that if they look like they're wearing something extremely uncomfortable when they walk into the Met, that all comes off. They've got tracksuit on, yeah, they? Yeah, well, basically. <laughs> but they have, like, they have like, their version of, like, they take things off to make it, like, actually wearable. Right. Which is that, which also, is, like, a remove a, a, remove a bustle yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, remove yeah. a bustle, remove, like, a headpiece. Or... Yeah, that was Troy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Troy took his bask off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was out with you the other night. And yes. 
literally everyone always wants a picture with you. Yes. You Where know, were we? We were at uh, the windmill in Soho. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, we were. Um, I guess you're so, you're so loved and everyone's really sort of seen you grow up yeah. over the years, like sort of like watched you grow yeah. up. So I guess you're just so, because like, everyone just wants a picture with you. It's, I mean, it's people are really sweet. Yeah. It, but it is funny that, that it's people, um, like we were having a conversation. We were deep in a conversation <laughs> about a conversation. some drama I was having in my life or something. <laughs> and then it was, oh yeah, it was drama. It was there. a drama. It, <laughs> it was, was literally, drama. I was telling you about <laughs> the drama, drama that was going on. Um, but then, yeah, so then someone will come up and be like, oh, you know, have a photo. And it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I you don't, don't mind I don't care. People are, if people are sweet and people are, you know, if people are just always want to have like a conversation. It's, yeah. And it's, what's even weirder is when I go back to Plymouth, people like think, see me as their like kid. So it's, um, yeah. I often get treated like, like still like a little kid. And like people are like, oh, how's, how's your arm? Is your arm any better? Oh. Like I had to hurt your arm. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you know about my arm? Or like whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. So it's, that's quite Because they used to see you around town as a little yeah and like boy wonder yeah it was this oh and like going home to Plymouth is quite nice because it kind of feels like home that when that I way. go back to yeah. Canterbury you yeah. kind of get treated like normally yeah like a little kid. <laughs> exactly. yeah literally like a little, little kid as you said yeah and it's just so important to have people like you out and about anyway as an out queer person you know like and being so visible because it kind of allows people that may not have queer people in their lives and may not be queer themselves just sort of accept that this exists and it's mm. do, you, do you feel like there's a responsibility with it I mean, yeah, initially when I came out, I didn't think anything of it. I just was like, I was so sick and tired of like being in like utter panic all the mm, time. Mm. And it wasn't until I started like getting older and realizing that actually being an out sports person mm. does like come with it like a huge responsibility. Yeah. And I have a platform which there that I could share the voices of other people yeah. that don't necessarily have the platform to try and create change. So yeah. just being able to speak out about certain things within sport and being able to. Like you say, just being visible. Like when I was growing up, I would have loved to have seen me, Lance and Robbie. Totally. Uh, like, and being like, oh my gosh, one day I could get married and have a kid. And, totally. you know, it's a possibility. Mm. So. But you didn't see that when you were growing up. I no. Guess there, were, there were. No. It didn't ex it really exist so publicly. No, it was just Will and Grace. Yeah. Really. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You know. Those stereotypes of yeah. Will and Grace. Yeah. So it was. So for me, it was. That was like a big thing of being able to you know, still have a family. Cause that was something I was really felt important to me was becoming a dad. Like yeah. ever since I was like 16 years old, I'd, you know, see things in an airport and be like, oh my gosh, I need to get this for my future kid. Like, oh, and that was just yeah. like always yeah. something. So then when I met Lance and I was like, oh gosh, I don't think like, this might not be a possibility for me. Right. And then figuring out, like researching, figuring out all the different ways to have kids as yeah. a, like same sex parents. And then in, June 2018, we had Robbie. Yeah. And now he's going to school this year. Yeah. In September. It's yeah. terrifying. And going to drag brunches. Yeah, and going to, he loves drag brunch. He loves brunch. it. Yeah. He loves drag brunch. He's been, I think he went to his first drag brunch when he was two. Really? Yeah. Oh. But that's the thing. Like, I can't even imagine going to, like, like my parents growing up. Like, you, I, I, for me, I think the most amazing thing about being a parent is being able to like show them what the world is totally. and what all is out there and yeah. not just have this such narrow-minded version of society. Just be like, there are so many different people, shapes, sizes, colors, you know, genders or sexual orientation. There's just so much out there for to be able to see and explore and know. And I think that's a way to create like a kid that just is very, you know, Open and, 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 open. and, and yeah. I think if you grow up in London and you if you can live in London, you can live in any city in the totally, world. Totally, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And you've travelled so much over the world as well. Now in in London, you can just go to a gay night any any night of the week or whatever. Mm. But you've travelled the world to some quite 
far-flung yeah. places as well. And how, how does that differ? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, been, I've competed in Russia yeah. a lot of times, uh, UAE. Yeah. Um, have, you felt, have you felt safe? You know, what I think is slightly unfair when you go to a major sporting event like that is you are protected because you're there as an athlete and you're mm. kind of like in a bubble and away from everything. Yeah. You don't actually have the real on the ground experience of mm -hmm. that country. Um, so I always have felt safe when I went traveling there, but I wouldn't feel safe for uh, Lance and Robbie to go mm -hmm. to watch me because they wouldn't have the same protections. Right. And then, then I always go on to think of like, is it actually fair to have those competitions there and then have pe LGBT people coming in and not being subject to the same laws and scrutinies as the people that are born there mm. and are living there day to day. Mm. So it's, it is a tough thing. And initially when I first came out, I didn't go to a competition in Russia because I was like, you know what, I'm not going there. I, I don't feel safe. And I don't want to go to a country that has those laws. Yeah. But then I got to a place where I was like, you know what, actually going and being visible and winning medals as a queer person in sport and having some, you know, young Russian kids see it and be like, oh my gosh, like this, I, I have a place on this mm. planet. Mm. Like, I felt like that was more important than mm. what I thought was safe or not. Yeah. So there's always a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go through your, um, your track. Oh gosh, yes. yes. They're on my phone. I can... So this is your playlist. So your playlist. You're throwing a party. Yeah, I'm throwing a party. And It's you... quite like a random mix of things. Yeah, that's, no, that's be... good. That's, yeah? that's, that's, that's good. Um, so you're, you're, you're throwing a party and you're DJing. I'm DJing. Oh, Have gosh, you ever DJed? No. Well, it's, it's always my phone on the orcs. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's all I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Just gave away your industry secret. No, no I would never. Um, so, we are pulling open your so, notes app. No, yes, it is. Your list of. Notes. Uh, here we are. So, Tom's bangers. My bangers. Okay, so my first one on here is Sylvester, You Make Me Feel. I mean. Sylvester's the hero of mine. I just, I am such a fan of disco. Yes. So also on there, I would have some Le Chic as well. Yes, love. Because, yeah. you know, he, even whether it's free or good Carl time. Rogers on Did season you? one. Yes. Oh, he's, yes. he's great. He's great. He's great. Great stories about Studio 54. Oh, gosh, Ooh. I can only I wish yeah. I was around for Studio 54. Oh, my God, it same. Would be I think so... I've spoken about Studio 54 on every single episode of this pod. Yeah. It's such a sort of it's such a reference point, isn't it? Yeah. You should you should you know what your next night should be? Studio fifty five. <laughs> it should be. Have you still have you said that every time as well? Oh, I put that on the mood board. Thank okay. you. Love that. Uh, well, I'd go. I'd go to Studio fifty five. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Uh, every single party, no matter what, this, this might be like a disgrace to you, but I always will play the Venga Boys. We like that's to party. A dis that's a disgrace. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's a disgrace. Mo moving swiftly it's, on. It's literally when now whenever if any of my friends go out and that music that's on there's always a video that i wake up to in the morning really that's like my it's like my song i have seen the venga boys live i haven't yet well it's a must i i need to it's go let's talk about life goals i saw actually there's a story there's do you know what we're gonna move on because that's a story that i probably shouldn't tell okay we're we gonna just move on <laughs> okay, to fine, the next we'll record yeah we'll circle yeah. circle back on that in circle back fine you're on in my career <laughs> <laughs> Um, I haven't slept with any of the Venga boys, by the way. Oh, it's gosh. not that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, I moving think, on. I think one of my friends in Plymouth woke up with one of them in Plym Plymouth after a night out. <laughs> right. They, I think they came and played at Oceano or something like that right. in Plymouth. Right. And anyway. your friend woke up next to, to a Venga boy. I think they were in his bath. Right. <laughs> I don't 
No, right. Like... Can, we, can we get that friend on the phone? Can we, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, right. Yeah. a song that I always play at my New Year's parties when the first song of every year, yeah. Freed from Desire. Mine and Sense is Purified. <laughs> <laughs> my love has gone to money. Yeah, yeah. That one yeah, yeah. every time. One more and more. A great song, by it's, the way. It's a great song. Yeah. And then I've, I've actually got Rihanna. Ponda yeah. replay on here Amazing because song. Rihanna yeah. Ponda replay is yeah. like your first mate song. Rihanna from yeah. the Met. But my mate, my mate yeah. Rhi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, Khalees Milkshake, great song. I feel like we're going up and down here into like loads of different genres. Yeah, but, but... that's a that's a great thing about one of your DJ sets, Tom. Yeah, that's true. Is that it is just so varied. That's what I love about you. As I a have DJ. got a share. I've, I've got a share on here as well. <laughs> yeah, believe love, love great love share believe. Yeah. Then I, I've got a Estelle and Kanye American Boy. It's my kind. Oh. It's my karaoke song. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and you. Yeah, well, I don't say Oh, no. It. Yeah, okay. I'm, not say it. I'm, I'm Kanye. Sophie's you... Estelle. <laughs> yeah. But not in the literal sense. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Um, Flor- I've got Florence on the Machine, Say My Name on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. That is one? that the Calvin Harris produced one? Is yes. That, is that the big, that's the big banger, yes. isn't it? Yes, yeah. exactly. Love. And then I am a huge fan of, well, Calvin Harris and Dave Guetta. Yeah. Uh, two people that I would always want to go on to, like, go and see in concert, because I know that they they always have residencies in Vegas, right? Yes. Yeah. And do you know, we should do that together one day. We should what, go your to residency? London. Yeah, my yeah my residency. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, should go and, we should go to Vegas. We go. Have you been to Vegas? I went when I was 19, so I couldn't like go into the casinos and I can so I went to actually see the diving show there oh okay oh yeah 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 the yeah. um the water one but by, by um Cirque du Soleil yeah, Cirque yeah. Du Soleil. yeah okay yeah. there's about 20 Cirque du Soleil I feel like every hotel in Las Vegas yeah. has a Cirque du Soleil I know show. I feel like they do and then yeah. I've got I don't know how many I've done I'm also a big Becky Hill fan yeah um I've, I've got a whole playlist here I did a I say a club night. It's not a club night. I did like a party at my house and I've named the playlist called Club Tropicana. Oh. And it's, I, I don't know why I did it, but it was, so I've got on here, I've got Dua Lipa, Tequila, yeah. Jax Jones. Jack, great record. We, we love that one. Lady Marmalade is always it? on there. Great record. That's a, that's a good karaoke song. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm Every Woman, Shaka Khan. As am I. Yeah, it's like just... Uh, and I've got literally, I need to send you this whole thing. I'm coming out, Diana Ross. Yeah, you don't what... need to send it to me. I do know all these songs. <laughs> do you? <laughs> it's like the most obvious songs ever. <laughs> well, no, well, I've, got, well, I've got them all on it. Robin. Yeah, it's like a night out at GAY. This it is. Playlist, it, it this, really this playlist. Is. <laughs> that's me. That's me. A night out at yeah. GAY. Oh. That is. That's me. Oh. And I've got a bit Britney on here. Amazing. She's pregnant. She is. Yeah, love. She's out of, uh, yeah. you know, out of a conservatorship now. So she can have... You know. Well, I want to come to this party. Yeah. You have to come to this party. Come to New Year one time. I will. I it hasn't will. been up and running for the last three years because of COVID. Well, we'll be back. We'll be we're back. back. Tom Daly, this oh. has been your life of the party. It is. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and you're wearing one of my knits. I am, oh, yeah. Let's get the plug in. <laughs> what are you yeah, up to lately? That. Yeah, to lots of knitting. Yeah, loads of knitting. Well, yeah. No, I just made that. You did. You did. It's a, good, it's a good party knit, though. It is. Very holy, very meshy. Yeah, you know, sparkles and, and holes. <laughs> sounds, like a great, <laughs> sounds like a great night out to me. <laughs> That's Thanks. the next one. Yeah. Not Cup 55, sparkles and holes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah. till next time. <laughs> <laughs>